Is it time? Yeah, it's time. Welcome to the True Craft Podcast. I am your host, Chris Farman, and I'm joined by co-host, Katie Noel. This time around, we are all about one thing, killer conversations with close friends about the state of craft. Oh, it's going to be good. I hope to open the box on fresh topics while honoring the path that got us here. Let's do it. Welcome to the True Craft Podcast. Today's episode, we have Greg Parker, founder, CEO, what do you call yourself? Official boss hole? Uh, Ex-officio boss hole. Ex-officio boss hole. Iron Horse Brewing, Ellensburg, Washington. Welcome, Greg. Yeah, two things. Iron Horse Brewery. Uh, (laughs) Other thing, uh, I had to look up ex-officio. I was searching around for a title. And ex officio, in my interpretation, is uh, you one has a certain amount of um, esteem simply by the seat that they have, by the position that they hold. So it's, uh, and I've I've gone through a lot of titles to get to this place, but now I realize whether I like it or not, people view me as a thing, particular thing, because of the position I have. So ex officio boss hole is how I landed. Uh, this is where I where I am now. That's my awareness of my position. Okay. And and the the way people perceive you, do you do you like that perception, or would you do you want to change it? Uh, I did want to change it for the longest time until I realized there is no changing it. So instead of trying to change it, embrace it, and understand its impacts, which I'm still struggling with. Just the other day, uh, co-owner and college buddy ross said it doesn't matter greg every time you open your mouth it has an influencing effect in a way that no one else has because of the seat that i hold the position that i'm in and and it's hard to keep that i always view myself as a peer i think mm-hmm. you know hey we're just we're all just working together here we're just people and we can we're collaborating and you know every voice matters and mine too but Mine has, it hits a little heavier and I forget that to my own peril. That's really interesting that you say that. I struggle with a lot of this. I don't know if it's a struggle, but I I reflect on a lot of the same stuff you're talking about. And I'm reminded pretty often that yes, our founders words or, or C-suite words do have impact. They have long lasting impact on existing members on new members on um and it's there's there's (laughs) this is a funny funny fact about me if somebody refers to me as boss i get the heebie-jeebies dude it's a dad issue thing i'm working through it it's a i get the (laughs) heebie-jeebies i think i think i called my dad boss once and he threw a stapler at me if i remember correctly i don't (laughs) know what it was but impact right it had it had impact and long lasting effect on me so we're actually Katie we're going to work that into the the onboarding of of new members is don't ever refer to Chris as boss it's it's not taken lightly it's not a joke um i've been mocked by interns in the in my past right so there's there's the there's the lowest level trauma which is dad trauma and then i've had multiple iterations of this right so Confounding. um 
I feel the same way. I feel like I'm a peer. I feel like I just have more experience, but our words do have major impact in the way we deliver it and the way that we frame it. Um, just call, so it's like leadership. Can, uh, just so, just as a personal note, Chris, what, what am I to call you then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not boss, not <laughs> I've got a I've got a story uh, short story that might be informative here. Yeah. I was standing at my desk, which is in a hallway more or less, um, and one of my coworkers passed, Christina, and she had two of uh, another coworker's children following along with her. And uh, the, one of the girls looks up and says, uh, "Christina, is that your boss?" And she goes, "Um, no, that's Greg." <laughs> Love Perfect. It. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And it's, uh, I mean, I think that 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 brings in like a level of, of trust and a level of, you, you know, we also, you want a flat organization, I assume, right? Yeah, which actually, yes, I did and do. Yet, uh, it's also informative. Like you said, you have more experience and there are people here who have more experience. and. I've this is sort of this dawning realization that flat isn't exactly what's desired or even feasible. Uh, I think that it's more about how do we how do we exert influence? Is it through force or is it through guidance? And is it collaborative or is it mandates? And and because of the focus on flat or autonomy or don't use force, I think I've taken away some of that uh, those, that guiding, that leadership of those that are here with me who do have a lot more experience. And, and we're, we're in this dawning phase where we're realizing it's a, almost like a tribe in a way, like we have elders. We've been here for a long time. We do have a great deal mm -hmm. of information and wisdom. And we want those new people to come in because they have beginner's mind and they'll see things in a way that we can't see it anymore because we're so conditioned to the space. So I, I, I'm going away from flat and I'm going toward tribal. Does that seem like yeah. an improvement? <laughs> it makes sense. It makes complete sense with what you're trying to, to accomplish. Um, so Katie, back to your question. You can refer to me as this is Chris. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you, Chris. <laughs> um. And if, and if he ever tries to boss you, you just go time out. <laughs> You're just Chris. Easy now. Just Chris, like the like the Barbie thing. He's just Ken. <laughs> just Ken. Um. All right. So let's let's get into this idea of self management. You you yeah. you wanted to talk about it, and I I want to hear your definition first before I I come in. Uh, was this topic brought up due to the recent changes that you have going on, or is this? always been a passion of yours or a, a talking point like give us a little history about self-management mm, yeah what was it 2014 maybe i discovered a book called reinventing organizations which anybody who wants to completely ruin their life in their business should read uh and so it kind of started taking me down this path there was steps before that but this idea in this book they describe uh, human existence, like an ecosystem. Uh, I don't need to instruct a frog what to do. He knows where to be and what his role is in this ecosystem. And humans are fully capable of um, 
discovering those same uh, propensities, needs, desires, abilities. Uh, it's it's then my job or our job to create a set of conditions in which we all begin to understand what that particular role that we can play in any given ecosystem is. And yeah, it's really alive right now because we there was a moment or a period of time that I, I just withdrew from the brewery. I, I, it was something like a midlife crisis, like more like a midlife unraveling and discovery. Uh, and as I came back, I saw what we had and it was, it was definitely not self-management and getting to getting to that place is ultimately impossible. This is like a multi-generational project. If, if I, if I believe myself, because uh, so many of the structures and systems that we have in place culturally are just not about that. It is about top down, it, you know, revere the master and take his orders and don't question too much. And also it's a pyramid. There's only so many places at the top. So if you're vulnerable and honest, you, you might lose your chance to get to the top. And, but the, the challenge or one of the many challenges, self-management ultimately is about self-awareness and uh, raise, rising levels of consciousness and deep understanding of one's impact on their their community, their peers, their ecosystem that they're in. And there's also a lot of harms, you know, you speak of <laughs> daddy issues. There's a lot of harms we've all experienced that cause us to want to hide things or or not even be aware of unhelpful patterns. And it, a workplace is an odd place to bring that to, well, maybe not odd, unusual. Because um, a lot of people view it as, uh, you know, I got my work life, separation, separation of church and state. I don't need to be talking mm -hmm. about feelings at work. I don't need to be exploring you know, the, the harms that I've experienced in my life with my coworkers. And, and I guess I say, I don't believe that. I think we're leaving a massive part of human experience out of uh, our lives, the potential and work. I mean, I'm, I'm close to these people. I'm really close to them. Right. And I think that's, that's ideal. So I, Definitely didn't answer your question, but also answered it. Well, no, I think you answered it. You answered it well, but but you're you're circling back to this whole tribe thing, right? You're you're really you're really bought in or committed to this uh, developing a tribe where you have people with more experience, you have curiosity, you have hopefully self-starters, you hopefully have independent thinkers, all working toward a, a similar success, a similar a similar cause. And um, yeah, that that self-management makes makes complete sense. Uh, how much are you investing in knowledge transfer from the elders, the more experienced to the the newer? Um, where, where do you where do you place the importance on that? And, and are there any tips or tricks on what you're doing to transfer that knowledge? Oh, that's great. Uh, a great thing to uh, for you to remind me of uh, where I need <laughs> to spend more time. And, and it has been circling for me in my psyche, uh, you know, thinking about what are the ways to do it? We can do successor training, uh, mentorship. Um, and I don't have a good, I don't know, uh, partly because we're in such a state of uh, chaos has a 
negative connotation. I actually love chaos, mm -hmm. <laughs> lighting fires all the time. Um, but it is a little chaotic right now because we're restructuring how we tell our story. We're shying away from even the word marketing and we're recreating how we tell that story. And so there's just so much of this disarray in a way and reorganization, you know, this things fall apart so they can be reformed and we're in the reforming phase. So transfer of knowledge, I guess at this point is really, or hopefully organic, uh, picking up more tools for collaboration and transparency. And, and actually you said curiosity and I love curiosity. And I think that's probably the best case scenario is that cultivate this mindset of curiosity where people are just wondering, Hey, I see this project posted on Asana or on glass frog or whatever. I have no idea what that is. Would you tell me about it? And you know, that's an incredible tool for transferring knowledge and informing action, better plans. And I don't know how many times I got to get kicked in the teeth. Like I, I have this great idea, puzzle it all together and then go charging down the road. And someone goes, man, did you think about this? Wow. No, I didn't. And if I had would have changed so much. And so that's the, it's hard too, right? Cause like we, this is a dynamic market. It's changing rapidly. We need rapid action. And I, I, I back to mountain biking, I remember somebody said, sometimes you have to go slow to go fast. And I just remember this vision of this corner in my mind and it's rooty and ugly and the outside of it is clean. And, but if you, but if I went slow, I could stay on this particular line and get to where I needed to go actually faster because I was going slower. And maybe it's not a great metaphor, but there's that element of uh, if we if we go slow and methodically and thoughtfully and choose our lines uh, collectively, it feels slow and cumbersome, but it's actually much faster because we don't redo the work as much or, or we learn something yep. we needed to learn. How do you pair that with your love of chaos? <laughs> great, great. Um, yeah, I'm learning to do that. Uh, again, my guide or mentor, I'm not sure what our relationship is. She's she, like, Greg, you're great with chaos, but you have to create some containers. And so that's my, my personal work right now in this role is finding those containers. And my favorite container right now is liberating structures. I think .org might be their website. And they've got these meeting formats that you can use to discover different things, a plan or uh, what's noticed or create new connections or find out what has led to success. Anyways, um, they are structured and but they're also very inclusive, which is hard. So often you get seven people in a room and you're gonna hear about somebody's cat and there's going to be six other people going, I'm not sitting in a meeting to hear about your cat. Uh, so that's a big structure for me, actually, is when we're gathering, I'm doing it intentionally, and it's going to be curated in a way that we know what we're looking for. And there's structure around how much talking each person gets to do. And you guys didn't structure this. So clearly, um, I'm just talking ad nauseum. And there's no, yeah. there's no rules to go back to, but that's, that's what I try to do is create those rules or bring in those structures. So that's, that's my newest uh, pursuit. I'm just going to put it out there, dude. Not many brewery owners are beating at your drum. 
Yeah. Not many brewery owners are beating at the same drum that you are. And what I mean by that is, is they are in the day-to-day. They are selling, they are brewing, they are hiring, they are, what is your, what is your, I, I love where you're thinking, but I want to know what your day looks like. I want to know kind of what, mm-hmm. what it looks like. And if another brewery owner wants to get out of the minutiae, and yeah. place themselves in this, you know, sphere of thinking, which is where you are. Um, you know, how do they balance that? Huh? Yeah, I have to. I think there's an automatic uh, advantage, if, and also a uh, a limit when the enterprise is smaller. You know, we were small. We were two guys at one point, so I I remember those days of. I'm filling kegs and then I'm delivering them and then I'm invoicing them. And then, well, then I'm filing taxes and so on and so forth. So there's a limit, but there's also the advantage of uh, there's seven guys or four guys. And we, I don't have a ton of people. We think we have uh, 21 full-time or something like that. Uh, yeah. So what's the, what's the next step? Yeah. I guess if you're stuck in a minutia, uh, yeah, I, I'm remembering some of the tools that uh, had previous coaches guide me into. Like the there's the the four box of high value, high priority, uh, or enjoyable, high priority, non enjoyable, high priority, uh, lo- low enjoyment, low priority. You know, breaking it down into what is it that I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. and is this actually necessary? And I, it, right now I, I still pay bills. I'm the guy, as you've said in one of your videos, take treasury back. Well, I, I never let it go. And I don't, I don't love paying bills, but I'm the right guy for that job. But when it's who's going to fill in the shift on the canning line, I'm not, I just pause before I fall on that sword and go, is this really the best use of my time? And, uh, you know, something I did the other day, I sent out a, my closest coworkers that have certain commitments that felt important to me. I sent a message out saying, here's what I'm doing. Uh, here's what I've been thinking about doing. Here's what I want to do more of. Would you please let me know, give me a thumbs up or a, a red X on the things that you think are a good use of my time and make you feel supported. And um, I think, yeah, long way of saying, maybe if you're just in the weeds, and you don't know how to get out, uh, gather your team and say, man, here are the things that I'm doing. Here are the things that I like doing. Here's the things that I want to do. Help me see what I don't see. What am I doing that makes no sense? Or what am I doing that really matters to you? And uh, I, think, I think that's probably the magic is in truly understanding one's impact in their ecosystem and, and then adapting to that information. Also, it's never done. That work is never done. So if you don't like that work, go get a different job or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I never, I've never thought about it that way to, to gather the team and, and ask them what's impactful. Ask them what is, is the work that I'm doing that, that makes sense. That doesn't make sense and get their get their feedback get their buy-in on it that's great that's uh that that's really good stuff 
Well, the jury's um, still out. Uh, I got two bits of feedback and it's uh, mostly confirmation. Like, oh yes, the things that I like doing and that I'm looking forward, they like as well. Five days from now, if we had this podcast, I might be like, wow, I just, I'm not doing anything that I need for my crew. And I got a whole reimagining to do, but I, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, how would you describe the current culture at Iron Horse? Yeah, that's funny. That's on your list of questions that I appreciated getting, and I should have responded, let you know that I got them and had given them some thought rather than just surprising you here today. NBD, NBD, no big deal. That question was one that I didn't actually take the time to. I got to that and I was like, I don't know. What is the culture at IHB right now? Um, a little chaotic, really connected. It's funny. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty and sort of frustration with who's doing what and are we making progress yet when i talk to people they're like man this feels so much better than it was it feels good uh while also feeling frustrating and chaotic and i think i think there's a a level of um, i'm reluctant to use the word empowerment because it's been overused but I think we're we're all starting to really tap into kind of how we can move and and make things happen, and and part of that is understanding that we've had this demonstration of when people move without involving others along the way, how shitty it feels being on the receiving end of that, just having something handed to you. Okay, this is what you're doing now, and um, so we have that fresh like, man, this is really frustrating in a way but also thank god it's this way um so i think the, the culture is uh at times exasperated um inspired and optimistic despite the the massive headwinds um yeah. would you could we sum it up as everyone feels like they got their backs like i got your back man i got your back woman uh, yeah, there, there definitely is an element of that. Yeah, we've built a fair amount of trust and, and support. Um, but man, there's a lot of bad habits uh, that I'm kind of a language stickler. Mm -hmm. And somebody said the other day, hey, can you not do that? And or no, I'm sorry, can we not do that? And immediately I was like, red flag. Uh, we weren't doing something. And this sounds like a concern disguised as a request. So what if we could pull that apart? What if I could actually stop with that person and go, you sound like you have a concern, uh, but you've made it a request. What is your concern? Yes. And yeah, we, just, we conceal a lot as humans and sometimes intentionally, sometimes unconsciously. And, and that's, man, that's the work right there. Is, it kind of excites me is to stop in those moments and go, hang on a second, something just shifted. And it was this you weren't fully there because you you couch this statement and it's not really what you're trying to get at royal we buddy the royal we is dangerous God. awful may, may or, i got a spidey sense for the royal we as well boss and royal we that's what that's <laughs> the takeaway of today's podcast is uh boss and and, and royal we um I yeah include, I, I go ahead i would include you in that too you know when 
people are talking about an experience they had. You know, when you went to the, you go to the store and someone's in the line and then you get frustrated and, and I just want to go, ah, maybe that's true of me, but why don't you just own this experience so that I can learn something about you? This isn't us. Right. But that happens a lot. Right. Yeah, there's there's a lot of wordsmithing that we could we could continue to go down and and mm-hmm. um, it really language ownership and disguise you you nailed it on the head right that that can that could that could sink the culture very quickly. Uh, sarcasm is another huge one for me. Sarcasm is <laughs> really really dangerous. Um, if it gets out of hand, it can be it can be done tongue in cheek, but it can it 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 can be pretty dangerous um you know as far as my experience with knowledge transfer and and culture and stuff stuff like that i mean i i was doing everything for eight years until my partner tom came along Mm -hmm. and really owned owned the culture and one of the first things he he identified was we got to get the stuff out of your brain man yeah we got we got to get out of your brain simply for the fact that we need to free you up to do what you enjoy, what you're good at, about, about, about all that kind of stuff. And it never dawned on me until we we started framing it that way to be like, okay. So then we started talking about what are the steps to get it out of my brain? Mm, yeah. And one practice that we still do today, five years later, since Tom joined is, is office hours. Right. And so it used to be Chris's office hours that everyone would attend and it would just be me speaking for, I could only last for 30 minutes. Cause it was like 30 minutes of the like rapid fire questions. <laughs> and over time now, Greg has, off, uh, excuse me, Derek has office hours. Allie has office hours. Like all the, the tribe, the, the leaders of the tribe have office hours now. Yeah. I still have them, but dude, I get maybe two visitors a week, which is great. Mm. It's, it's like social proof that, that this is, this is working, right? This is, this is working. And, and um, we don't come to office hours to bitch about pay or benefits. We come to office hours to ask technical questions. Mm. We can ask about pay and benefits like outside of that and, and, and livelihood and concern. Like, but, but that's not the intention of office hours. It's to really, and, and with the curiosity, right? New hires, if new hires don't show up to a certain number of office hours voluntarily, right? Yeah. Huge red flag. <laughs> Use red flag because you learn so much from sitting in those office hours. Am I a red flag, Chris? <laughs> no, Katie, you're not on the accounting team or tax team. Okay, just double checking. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's the te- it's the technical team, right? It's the yeah. technical team. It's the it's the software connections. It's the debits, the credits, the vendor, like all the all the our main service that we offer, our main knowledge yeah. that we share with our with our with our customers, and and so that was monumental monumental for us, and we've just been kind of evolving evolving from there, and and I think office hours could be certainly could be uh started up at a brewery or 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 sure. you can call it something different but it's just an opportunity to come ask technical questions pick the brain and and get it get that knowledge transfer um going um but yeah reminds me of uh, there's a book getting things done it's many people have heard of it i feel like it i could sum it up in 
if you can do it in two minutes, do it. And if you can't write it down and it's the same thing, you know, so like it's fractals, this is what you need to do for your people to have the information. It's also what I need to do to free my cognitive capacity up to focus is get all these things out of my head, get all these to do's out of my head and just get them on paper. And I was having a conversation with someone in the cellar yesterday and she's describing, you know, I got to do this, but before I do this, I got to do that. This, this. I was like, man, how can you get all this out of your brain? Because the the, the frustration she was having was it's so much to track, and I feel overloaded, and any anything gets bumped off track. Um, which, man, checklists, boy, there's the probably sure. the fundamental tool of success in anything that just has a sequence of events, and also something that makes me want to shoot myself because. The things I hear about checklists. Oh, that checklist, uh, I already know it all. I'm like, well, what about that thing? Oh, I forgot about that. Or yeah. well, that checklist isn't any good because there's stuff on it that doesn't even exist anymore. I'm like, why didn't we change the checklist? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like these are, yeah, the office hours, I was making notes because I, I like that idea because there are things that aren't checklistable that are bigger and sure. will be informed by other people's probing. Yeah, definitely. What I find myself thinking about as you guys address these different ways to to impact your team and your leadership and your awareness of the impact you have on the operation is how scary easy it is for a brewery owner to just get on this hamster wheel of this is just what I'm doing, so I'm doing it, just running circles for years without actually stepping back for an hour to think where's where am I best going to be able to serve here yeah I feel like we see that more than I I wish we did and it's so important to step back and be like how can I add the most value to what I'm doing and what what do I need to hand off even if it's hard like asking these big questions if you don't carve time out for that you're just going to find yourself doing the same old stuff (laughs) yeah yeah I don't have time to do that but as you point out just imagine the impact if a brewery owner who was stuck on the hamster wheel committed to one hour a week. Mm-hmm. You really can't find one hour for the sole purpose of finding how do I create the greatest value. Man, I don't, I don't, I don't think I buy that. Right. But you know, here's the other thing. Uh, my wife and I, she's probably my greatest guide, teacher, cohort, companion, so on and so forth. We were talking the other day, and we have our different skill sets, and mine is maybe uh, trusting, but she was describing how in her organization, she's trying to teach people to do tasks that she's done. And she's like, man, they're creating so much extra work in this process. And I reminded her that it's kind of like parenting. It's the long game. It will cost you upfront, but it will, it will save you in the long run. So that there's that middle ground where it's like, oh shit, I'm trying to improve this and I've made my life considerably harder and yes, that it will occur. And yes, it is worth it. Absolutely. There's somebody out there that needed to hear that today. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, no, look, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with everything you're saying. It, it's in the, the practice could be as simple as an hour a week to start and writing down what did you what do you what do you most enjoy from the last 72 hours and what do you what do you think is the most impactful from the last 72 hours toward the business and then from there sharing that with 
two of your most trusted confidants in the business, right? You're, you're yeah. director of sales, maybe you're head of brewer, you have lead brewer, brewmaster. Um, oh, I've been evolving I, it. I do need to add, Katie, because I do like to be a wet blanket every once in a while. The other element to that is there will be a time when I hand over the reins and help, some some, uh, help to teach somebody to do something and then they suck and then they leave. And actually all I've done is created more work so uh, whoever, whoever heard that was like, I'm inspired. I'm going to do this. Know that uh, you will teach somebody to do something who will suck at it and it will never be of any time save for you. Still do it because yeah, because most of the time it works out. I was going to say, would you still say it's worth the effort? <laughs> yeah. What, somebody what? It's always, I mean, one doesn't know how it's going to turn out. And I think it's important there's plenty to be learned in that process too. I've learned to see some of the signs of the people that are and are not going to work out in by doing this over and over. It's a repetition. It's I'm noticing these smaller things. And so um, even if they don't want to do it, even if a perfect outcome is the ideal, acknowledging my own learning is happening while I'm teaching, teaching is learning. Sometimes we have to hear that before we actually believe it. And I'm just going to throw out the alternative to all this is <laughs> yes. the hamster wheel. The alternative yes. is the hamster wheel. So you can you can do it once, fail, do it twice, fail, and then never do it again and you're on the hamster wheel. Or you can do it once, fail, do it again and succeed. So, Oh, man. You're reminding me of a uh, my probably favorite business book right now is The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Mm. And there's a... Um, there's the way they describe a commitment is it's not what you say it's what is so if i want to know what i'm committed to i have to look at the results so are you working 60 hours a week you're committed to that that is your commitment you're not committed to work life balance you're committed to working mm-hmm. uh are you are you on the hamster wheel well guess what you're committed to it uh by your actions and man when I got a, a group of people that we read this book and explore with. And that one was, was people started distance from like, I'm not sure I'm ready to go exploring what I'm committed to by sifting through my results. Cause there's some scary stuff in there, but it's powerful, man. If you want to take true responsibility for your life, uh, mm-hmm. t- take that mindset and it's, it's humbling. Well, it's how you spend your time, you know? You're com- like, that is just a reflection of your commitments. You don't get to say you're committed to something, but then not invest in it at all. Cause that doesn't match up. Yeah. And there's something potent about actually writing it out. Like, Oh, I'm actually committed to being 12 pounds overweight and um, having a cigarette every couple of days or weeks, or uh, I'm committed to eating bad food. Like writing that out is it's painful. Yeah. I'm committed to watching, you know, two hours of Netflix every night or whatever it is. Katie, come on now. No, 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 I don't. I actually am really good about it. I don't even have, actually don't even have a Netflix account. I just leech off my family. So, (laughs) Oh, I see. So you're committed to leeching. That's so funny. I'm committed to leeching. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. What, what commitments? uh, Let's see. What's a commitment I'm not proud of. I'm committed to, um, uh, I'm kind of committed to blaming my wife for my daughter's overscheduled 
life that ends up being a source of strife. And she was helping me see that commitment this morning. And now I'm, now I'm having to uh, break down the drama triangle and uh, make the creator circle and see if I can break that commitment. You guys want to confess anything? Um, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything right now. Okay. Well, that's your homework then. That's my homework. That is our homework. Awesome. I'm Greg, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Tell the listeners where they can learn more about Iron Horse. Website, social. Yeah, ironhorsebrewery.com. Uh, I think all our handles are Iron Horse Brewery. We're on all the platforms. Uh, and they may have taken from this that I'm pretty jazzed about self-management, levels of consciousness, things of that nature. So if they are jazzed about that too, they could also just message me and say, let's talk. What are you reading? Because, um, yeah, I'm into the extended mind, which is also another good book, but also a concept that uh, is wonderful. That's awesome. How can they, without, I mean, I don't want you to divulge your your email, but but is there a form on the website they can get to you or how, how can someone get to you? I don't know. Um, yeah. Is it too risky to divulge my email? It's up to you. It's, it's up to you yeah. if you want to. I'm, I'm committed to not having spam in my inbox. So I mark as spam everything that comes in daily. So uh, I'll go ahead. It's Greg at ironhorsebrewery.com. That's <laughs> great with two G's, but one at the end. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, buddy. I really appreciate your time today. This was a, I didn't know where the conversation was going to go, but this is exactly what we're looking for mm -hmm. on the second go around of the true craft podcast, because hearing how your brewery got started and hearing how many barrels you do is, is not what the craft industry needs today. It's this kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We really appreciate your insights. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks. I love, uh, I love talking about these things and answering interesting questions and uh, yeah. Stay curious. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the True Craft Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And if you are just dying to know what Chris and I look like, you can head over to YouTube for a video recording of the show. Links to cool information about our guests and other fun facts can be found in the show notes. This podcast is sponsored by Small Batch Standard, the premier financial agency built to serve the craft brewing industry. We help craft breweries grow profits through outsourced accounting, tax compliance, and growth consulting. Visit sbstandard.com today to learn more and request a discovery call.